Spirit of a Champion presents Encouraging Moments with Bobby Williams. Welcome to another Encouraging Moment. Hi, this is Bobby Williams, and I'm so glad you joined me today. I want to talk to you today about the story of Jonah. Eight saving words is what our story is all about. How eight saving words saved a city called Nineveh. Well, today we have so many problems in the world. Right now, Russia is attacking Ukraine, and it looks so sad for the Ukrainian people. And there's so much strife in the world, and America and the other nations are trying to figure out what to do. But I'll tell you that as a Christian, we have an obligation to pray and to repent and come back to God. One of my very favorite verses in the Bible is Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. And that's what this story is all about. Nineveh was a barbaric city, and God told Jonah to go there and give a message. So let's pray before we get started. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray for our nation and the nations of the world to come against this evil forces of Russia coming against the Ukrainian people. They did nothing wrong to provoke this, and of course, it's a very sad situation to see women and children and families losing their lives, their homes, the, everything they have, Lord, and we're praying for them today, Lord. Let anything out of my heart or my words today, Lord, be edifying and glorifying to you and inspirational and encouraging to our audience, Lord. Thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, it's really exciting to read this scripture. Jonah is at the very end of the Old Testament. So if you'll get your Bible out, I'm going to start in Jonah 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Mamete, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All of the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to their own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he had laid down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain of the ship went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heavens, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. 
The sea was getting even tougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? He said, pick me up and throw me into the sea. He replied, and it will become calm. I know it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Wow, what a story. My first point in this lesson is is that I kind of don't blame Jonah for not wanting to go, although he should have obeyed God. In the first verse, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amite, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness had come up before me. And this was a wicked and barbaric city. They would absolutely murder people, cut their heads off, make totem poles just out of the heads, or cut their hand off, or cut their arm off, or their limbs, or gouge their eyes out. They were terrible people, and they did awful things to their people and to their neighbors and everybody. It was just a horrendous, riotous terrible city. Here's what Nahum 3, 1 through 4 says. I'll just read a little bit about the city. It says, woe to the bloody city. It is all full of lies and robbery. Its victims never departs. The noise of a whip and the noise of rattling wheels and galloping horses and clattering chariots, horsemen charged with bright sword and glittering spear. There is a multitude of slain a great number of bodies, countless corpses. They stumble over their corpses. This was just a terrible city. Jonah didn't want to go to this city. He knew it was evil, and he hated the people, and he thought God should judge them. He didn't think that God shouldn't. He didn't want God to relent. He didn't want God to forgive them. He wanted God to strike them down. So he he ran away from it. And plus, he probably thought, You know, I probably could get killed in that city for giving a message like this. The king's not going to like my message. So he decides to run away from God. That's my second point. You can't run away from God. You can't hide. There is no place to hide. God is omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's always present. He knows what you say. He knows what you do. He knows where you go. And there's no hiding from him. But Jonah ran away from the Lord in verse 3 and headed to Tarish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for the port. So he was trying to run away. Well, of course, the Lord won't let you go. If the Lord wants you to do something, he's going to continue to correct you and to change and to make circumstances. So you must obey him, especially if you're a prophet of the Most High God. And that's what Jonah was. He was a prophet. He was supposed to stand up and give these messages of truth to whoever God told him to. And so the sailors went back and they casted lots on this ship. And they believed back then, a thousand years before Christ, they believed that you could cast lots. Now, theologians say these could be straws. They could have been rocks that had little numbers and stuff like that on them. And when they threw them out, it would tell who was at fault. Well, lo and behold, when they casted the lot, it it was correct. And one verse I wanted to give you for this in the Bible to back this up is Proverbs 16.33. And it says, we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. So this was a truth that they used back then. They could just throw these down and somehow God would direct their steps and let them know. And so it was true in this point anyway, that when they cast the lot, God made those stones come up 
and it pointed directly at the person that had sinned and had done wrong, and that was Jonah. He knew he was wrong. And listen to this in verse 8. They'd ask him, who are you, and what God do you serve? And he said, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And in verse 10, this terrified the sailors, and they asked, what have you done? So they knew he was guilty because the lot had cast it against him. He had told them himself he was running from God. And of course, all of this pointed to him. The waves were so big, they were 15 feet waves. The storm was so terrible, it was going to tear this ship apart. And of course, if you've ever been out in the ocean, it can be calm one minute, and then terrible, terrible storms can come up. A long time ago, I took our two children deep sea fishing, and at first, the waters were very calm, and we got out there, and it looked like it was going to be good. But then all of a sudden, a storm came up, 15-foot waves. We were so glad to get back into the shore because we were all sick to our stomach. It got really bad out there, and you can get seasick. And of course, the ship we were on was a lot bigger than, than the one they had, I'm sure, but it still was scary out there. So this storm was hitting them and impacting them. The sea was getting rougher and tougher, so they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? He said, pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. This man was a realist. He, he knew it was his fault, and he asked for forgiveness. He repented right there and then. He knew he was at wrong. So he said, I don't want to hurt you guys. Throw me overboard. The sea will calm. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land. They tried to save him and save the whole ship. They tried to do it themselves. But the storms kept coming, kept coming, kept coming, and they couldn't do it. So guess what? They throw him overboard, and immediately the storm stopped and the winds died down, and the sea was calm. And in chapter 2 of Jonah, it says, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Oh, man, this is just terrible. God had told him to go purposely to Nineveh, the terrible city, and give his message. But he wouldn't do it, so he ran from God. Well, God found him on the boat. He creates this great storm to come against the ship. The waves, the wind, the sailors come to him. They cast lots. The lot falls on Jonah and says, this is the guilty man. Then he admits what he's done against God. He was running from God. He said, I know it's my fault. Throw me overboard. So they throw him overboard. The weather calms down because God is in charge of every single thing. God created it, and he can turn a man's heart off or a woman's heart off or a man's heart on or a woman's heart on, or he can calm the storm. He can change nature himself because he owns it and he created it. And people just try to limit God, what God intervenes in. And this part of the Bible absolutely says that God took the storm away, and it became calm. And then it said in Jonah 2, it said, Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days. Jonah said, I give God, please help me. I'll do anything. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'll go to Nineveh. I'll do it. So within that time, he just 
repented so badly. He just repented to God, cried out to God. And I just want to ask you a question. How terrible would it have been to be swallowed by a whale? And it's possible. God did it to him. It turned him around. You know, years ago, when I was very young, I fell into the hospital over a sickness in my 20s. And I was laying there in bed, and I said, God, if you'll get me off this bed, I'll do anything that you ask me to. And guess what? I meant business. And I'm just telling you, that's where he was. He, he meant business. And so the fish, the whale, vomits him up on the beach. Now he's ready to go. He's ready to go to Nineveh because he has been saved by the Lord. The Lord's forgiven him. The Lord has said, now go to Nineveh. In, in chapter 3, let's go to Jonah chapter 3. This is where it gets even more exciting. Listen to this. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to the message that I give you. Proclaim the message I give you to Nineveh. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming this word. It says, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Those are eight words that saved the city. Now, I want to place this in your heart today and talk to you about this. Why would these eight words be so powerful that a whole city would turn around and repent of their barbaric, evil ways. Why would they do it? Because I believe that Jonah was this prophet that everyone knew, and they saw Jonah's work in Israel. And this kingdom of Nineveh, this city of Nineveh, was in the northern part of modern-day Iraq. They were Assyrians. And God told them, through this prophet, if you don't turn around, I am going to destroy your city. And they knew Jonah. I believe they knew him. And who backed Jonah? But the authoritative word of God spoke through him. And he didn't have to say a bunch of stuff. All he had to do was give the message that God gave to him. And that message was 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. This is what's so interesting. They believed the God of Jonah. They believed him. A fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued to Nineveh. So he told the Ninevites, you can't eat anything, and I'm going to tell you we need to repent. Listen to what he says. Do not let the people or animals, herds, or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and have compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. The king even repented of his sins. And guess what? God saved that city for that time. He saved them because they repented. 
And this is just like the Christian life. God will forgive us, me and you, for anything that we've done. If we will confess our sin, he is faithful and just. 1 John 1, 9 says he will forgive us and he will cleanse us and he will forgive us of our sin and make us new again and restore us. But when you do things wrong and you get to a point of judgment, you must repent quickly. And that's what Nineveh did. Many, many more years in Nahum, the book of Nahum, you can read it in the Bible, Nahum the prophet prophesied that they would go down and lose their city, and they did to the Medes because they went back to their violence. But at this point, they believed God and the king in power at that time turned from their wicked ways, turned from their terrible things, and turned to the Lord, the Most High God. Wow! And that brings me to one of my last points today, is that whether you're an individual or a nation, if you will obey God, You know, what is the commandment that Jesus gave us to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and to love thy neighbor as thyself? And that's what he wants us to do is love people and to be light of the world. But these people were so evil, they had to repent before God could renew them. And many of the countries and even our own United States should repent and come back to God. I truly believe... Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And that's what could happen to America. And you think, well, what sins have we done? Well, there's so many sins that we have done. I think it would take hours upon hours to go over the sins of America. But even currently, the just terrible things that we're doing in this country. One of them is aborting the unborn. And I am for life, and I just believe that babies need to be protected 100%. And I think that we've killed 40 million babies now in the United States by abortion. I think it's wrong, and we should be repenting of it, especially the church, for not standing up as much as we could have at the time. Now, a lot of this is changing, and people know how precious God's creation, a child is, and how wonderful a child is, and what a wonderful life it is. Think about all the people that were absolutely aborted, and those people could have uh, helped humanity so much. Maybe they were going to be a doctor or a scientist, or a, maybe they were going to be in the entertainment business, but they never got to have their life because somebody told a lie and just went ahead and aborted that baby. It was so bad. I believe in adoption. I believe in other things that you can do other than aborting a baby. That's just one thing. There's many other sins, and we've all been guilty of sin, myself included, and that's why I repent of my sin and ask God to forgive me every day because I want to be a man of God and I love God and I never want to let him down. So in this word, when those eight words came, this is just a story and an understanding. This is a true word of God. It's inherent. There's no mistakes in the Bible. And when it says that the Lord came to Jonah and said, just say these words to these people and they will turn their lives around 40 more days and then will be overthrown. Well, what a great lesson this was. And the last thing I want to tell you is if you've had problem with sin in your life, if your life's not running the way you really want it to run and you've been steering the wheel of your life and you've been making all the decisions, I just say to you, friend, there's a better life 
Turn your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to love you. He's going to take you places you've never been before. You're going to love what God does with your life once you get in his will. Just repent to him. Say, I'm sorry, Lord. I know I need a Savior. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. And Lord, I I know that you were crucified for me, for my sins. Your blood was shed to cover my sins, Lord. And I know that you were raised from the dead on the third day, Lord. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. And you will be saved and your household and all the people around you will be so blessed. And that's the same with a nation. All we have to do is repent and God will relent just like he did for Nineveh. And he will come and change our hearts from a stony heart to a flesh heart that will be able to be pliable and molded by the Lord so that we can become more Christ-like. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you liked this story of Jonah. Just eight simple words that changed a nation, saved a nation from absolute judgment of God, and God was going to destroy their city, but they listened to the man of God and they turned from their sin. What a wonderful lesson. Well, remember, EncouragingMoments.com. Go to it today and get some free resources from us. We love you in the Lord so much at this ministry. Our ministry name is Spirit of a Champion, Inc. Ministries. You'll want to remember that. That's our ministry. You can go to EncouragingMoments.com and get some more free resources. We love you in the Lord. Until next time, be encouraged. Thank you for listening to Encouraging Moments with Bobby Williams. For more Encouraging Moments, go to spiritofachampion.com or join us on Facebook at Encouraging Moments with Bobby Williams.